discuss the classic 1992 Disney film, The Mighty Ducks. Um, we're going to talk some sports as usual, um, and then we're going to get into what are we watching and what are we listening to onto the show. So what's been going on, man? Working. Got a uh, sweating a lot because my wife's actually moving her company across town, which doesn't sound too bad until you realize that she works with glass and wood. So it's just moving a whole lot of glass and wood across town. So it's more stressful than normal moving? It's way more stressful. And because you got to think hemorrhoids, you got to think glass shards, you got to think Texas heat. It's a little personal. We can keep talking. Okay. All right. But the stress can make a vein pop, is all I'll say. Okay. All right. Um, You still got a job, or is Trump still coming for it? I got a job. Okay. Still got a job. Still, I working. don't. I don't want to reveal if you know what you do, but I guess that narrows it down pretty. That close. Narrows it down pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. Um, me and the wife and the kids went out and visited my sister, and she lives two hours west of here, in Eastland. It was a nice little getaway. Um, it was a nice little getaway. Uh, that town's probably three thousand, four thousand people, kind of like. Where we grew up back in the day, so yeah, it, never, never heard of it's an hour. It's like an hour away from Abilene, so it's like an hour east of Abilene. Um, and it was good. It's just you know we got away for a little bit. It's a slower pace. Um, I got to see my niece, um, who's three months old. I've only met her once. Um, caught baby fever pretty hard. <laughs> um, I didn't. I don't think I put her you, down the you entire time. I, me, me. I did. Lauren will tell you straight up, oh, we're not having another kid. But, <laughs> well, that's because um, she did all the work. She did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, we went out there, and it was it was good. It's just a slower pace. I got to see my nephew, my brother-in-law. A slow pace right now sounds very welcoming. It was, man. Um, it definitely helped out with the uh, with the anxiety, and, yeah. you know, it, it was just a good getaway. You know, we went out to eat. We... Uh, we just hung out as a family, so it was a good little getaway. Right on. Other than that, you know, just working and same old stuff, man. Working and trying to stay alive. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder, seems like. So what else is going on? Sports, work, family. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. And I'm all about that cycle, though. Yeah, it's no not complaints. a bad one. The feet hit the floor this morning, so we can't complain. Uh, so on to the news desk. What do you got for me? I got Pharma Bro. Remember Pharma Bro? Uh, Martin Scarelli? Was Martin that his name? Martin the Pharma Bro. This is a story from actually five years ago, but it made relevance in the news cycle because it was five years ago to the date on August 26th. It was um, from the Wu-Tang confirmed that in 2014, they recorded a double album 
called Once Upon a Time in Shy Lin. But they only made one copy, and it was to be auctioned off. And the notorious douchebag, Martin Scarelli, won the album with a $2 million winning bid. It was an album case was in, encrusted with diamonds around it. Um, Raza, who's like the leader of Wu-Tang, you know, spokesman, director of all Kung Fu and just all around cool dude. He, um, he long maintained that the goal of this album was to prove that uh, uh, music can also be considered a fine piece of art by my like by the arts by the god damn it a, fi- a fine piece of art by someone like monet or michelangelo it can be held by a single collector he said people don't buy songs for 99 cents but they buy 500 dollars headphones and headphones are useless without music they uh they stipulated that the album couldn't be released for 88 years unless the owner released it and of course it's farmer bro he's a douchebag he wasn't giving anyone a taste so it kind of set dormant and uh this is the same guy that, as you would remember, he was like a pharmaceutical weasel. I don't know. I forgot how he got into the business, but he would he would take these these prescriptions that were life saving that you know were essential for people to survive. Wasn't it, it the epipens? Was it epipens? Well, I, it said in the article that it was it threatened parasitic infections. Maybe it wasn't epipens, but, but whatever it was, it was life saving, like life altering medicine, and he would take it and upcharge it by 5,000% just because he knows people need it to survive. You're going to do, you know, if your child or your wife needed it, what are you going to do, man? You're handcuffed. Like, you've got to get that medicine. And he, he, you know, like, preyed on people like that, people who he, were at their weakest and upcharged on 5,000%. So all around douchebag, Nathan Scarelli, may he burn in hell. But um, Raza said how, you know, after he won the bid and they figured out who won it, he was quoted as saying that the album ended up in the hands of an evil villain, and you can't write this. Life is unique, and it'll definitely, it was definitely a unique moment in my life. But good news, follow-up to the story, because that was in 2015. As some of you probably know, some of you being the three people who are going to listen to this, <laughs> in 2017, Scarelli was convicted of multiple accounts of related to security fraud. He got seven years in a federal prison. He was ordered to pay $7.4 million in fines. In 2018... Federal court seized his assets, including the album Once Upon a Time in Shylin, which is now stored away in a relic locker. Kind of makes you think of Raiders of the Lost Ark when they're wheeling it. The, the, um, what was it? The, um, god damn, what did, G- what did Jesus drink out of? The goblet. It was called a goblet. <laughs> it had a much more fancy term. It was the, uh, chalice. The chalice of Christ? Damn. I should have done more research on that. It was, fuck it. Anyways, so uh, it's basically it, the DOG, the Department of Justice actually had it under their control now because you know, everything was seized from Scarelli. So it's sitting away like in this dark, damp, probably storage locker. So somewhere the federal in the, government in the, has it. The federal government sees it, the DOJ, yeah. So they're under possession of the one-of-a-kind, like, jewel-encrusted Wu-Tang album that Farmer Bro won for $2 million and then got arrested and got everything seized. So just, uh, just when you see the headline... Wu-Tang Clan, one-of-a-kind album, bought by a pharma bro, now in Department of Justice hands. You know, you got to stop and you got to read it. So what you're saying is, is we either need Nicolas Cage or, oh, there you go. or Indiana Jones to come out of retirement 
and I'd, get I'd, this thing. I mean, I'd go Nick Cage. If you can steal the Declaration of the Independence and then kidnap the President of the United States, <laughs> this is a walk in the park. I think somebody else needs to have that album. Because it's like... He, Anybody else could have that album. My lasting image of this dude, when you brought up the name when we were doing pre-show stuff, is just that marmy look. He was oh, on he's, Fox or CNN or something, and there's that one interview... And he's got the most punchable yeah, face. I've exactly. That's, ever what I was gonna say. Seen. That's what I told Claire because I was like, "You know who he is?" She doesn't know. I said he has the most, one of the most punchable faces you would ever see. He's always that shit-eating grin. Yes. And you got to think this is a guy. You know, he was from Brooklyn, and he was like a certified genius. Could have done anything. Yeah. yeah. He his family was, was like immigrants, so he's like you know raised on the streets. You know, had like a humble beginning. But then he just figured out, like, you know, I got the smarts. I can buy this company. I can upcharge 5,000%, and I can handcuff these parents who need this to save their family, to save their loved ones. Just just a true piece of shit, you know. If, if you're going to do that, if you're going to put people's lives in jeopardy just so you can make extra profit, you don't deserve Wu-Tang. Well, it's crazy because, like, I think I, I was listening to a podcast, and they brought him up, and, like, the fact that he would do that to people and to families, like, he had a family member that had... It was like it was like treatment resistant depression, um, and that's kind of where he got his interest in like chemistry and science and and kind of leading him down that path of in, uh, into pharmaceuticals. It was a good beginning, then you know. And for him to have that family history and then to do that to uh, there's other just people, yeah. There's a special special place in hell for people like that. Um, but yeah, no, I remember that guy. He just had a. Oh, just yeah. a, such a punchable face. Reading the story, they had the picture where he's just probably walking out of court and he just has that smirk on his face. And I was like, yeah, I, I remember this guy. All right. So my, my new story isn't nearly as cool. Uh, more more funny, more of like a survival story. Like, yeah, what this guy did was wrong, but, I mean. He saw an opportunity. It, it's a pandemic. Like, he's just trying to survive. But it takes us to Tampa Bay. Um, Florida, of course. Florida man. Um, the headline reads, Homeless man lived in Outlang Stadium luxury suite for two weeks, police say. Um, and Outlang Stadium is home of the Tampa Bay Rowdies, who are a second division soccer team here in America. They've got a storied history. They used to play in the old NASL, um, but now they're a, they're a second division club. But uh, – uh, Daniel Albert Neha, 39, was arrested Sunday after a cleaning crew entered the room where he was staying and found razors, open shaving cream containers, and blankets, St. Petersburg police spokesman Yolanda Fernandez said. Fernandez said the cleaning crew had not been in the room for some time because the space was supposed to be empty and cleaning activity was limited due to COVID-19. Stadium security reviewed surveillance video and found that Neha had been entering the merchandise store and food area. He was wearing Rowdy's clothing and eating the food that he had found. Um, surveillance footage showed that he had been in the facility since July 26. They don't know how he entered the stadium, but he was able to, they think he was just able to blend in with the cleaning crew. So <laughs> they just, you know, people, he was spotted by people. They just thought he was part of the cleaning crew. Um, so it, it he's under an, under uh, ongoing investigation. He's held on fifty one hundred dollars bond. I think they said he was he had like a th- he stole like a thousand dollars worth of clothing. That was and just sur- to survive though. Yeah, it's like he's trying to resell it and two hundred and two hundred fifty dollars in food and drink. But he was living in the suite, so I mean, it's not like he was living underground. He did it right. If you're gonna do it. Do it right. And he's obviously a fan. If you got $1,000 worth of merch and only like $200 worth of food, 
Your yeah, priorities is team pride. He was repping yeah, before I mean, he was eating. I respect eating. that. He was repping before he was eating. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's a Florida man. Homeless Florida man. And, you Dude. know, setting a bond at 5100 for a guy who couldn't even afford, like, a night at a Motel 6, they might as well make it a million. This guy's not getting out. You know, he's going to have to sit in jail. He'll serve us. He's getting three squares. That's true. But I guess where he came from, you know, he kind of he, – he went from probably living on the streets to living in a suite. To now living in a jail cell, so it's kind of like a he's flowing, he's but he's still not. He's still not at the bottom where he was. So, you know, live like you said, three square meals a day. They give you a pillow. He's probably got a library to choose from. A book. He's riding the wave, but he that made, re- he made a friend. I hope. But that reminds me, like I would always, when I was younger, I was like, if I would always like going to Walmart and be like, I wonder what happened if they just like forgot I was in here and closed the doors. About that, right? Yeah, forgot. Yeah. I, was called, I think uh, Natalie Portman's in it. Is she pregnant? In that movie? What? Yeah, some preg- I think it was like Natalie Portman or um, something like that. And she's like a pregnant teenager and she just like stays. In- I, f- I might be crazy, but I really feel like that was the plot of a movie. Weird. But I would always be in, <laughs> I would always be in like Target or Walmart and be like, you know, I wonder, like that would be so cool if they would just like lock the doors and like forget I was in here. I oh. could make, I could, I could make a fort over in the, uh, in the paper towels. I could grab a grill from the outdoor. I could go grab me a steak, you know, grab me some beer. You grab a bike and tour the whole store and just check out the stock room. I get, you know, they have go-karts out. I could just make a little go-kart track around the store. I mean, are we talking long-term or are we talking one night? Because one night. Yeah, I could tear it up night, one I might want to go to, like, an academy or to I could tear it up in one night. Good and Goods. What are you going to eat, though? Yeah, but it's one night. I can pack something. I'll bring some Nature Valley bars and a water. Oh, so this is playing my scenario when I was a kid. It just wasn't playing, like... I don't know, like, they just forgot, and somehow Walmart, I'm living <laughs> in this alternate universe where Walmart closes every night, but, you know, I would, they would lo- I would get locked inside of a Walmart, and that was always kind of like a cool fantasy or a cool dream as a kid, and be like, yeah, I could, you know, paper towel fort, and, you know, I could watch TV, I could break into the Xboxes and play Xbox all eat night, all the ice cream eat all the ice cream, you know, yeah. that'd be cool, but uh, uh, Mr. Naha did that on a lesser extent. He did it to survive, though, so... I can't <laughs> a little different a little different than my childhood uh, yeah, fantasies. That guy was just like, man, fuck sleeping on this ground again. That's Nobody's saying in that suite. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you have a hot take that you were discussing with me, which I don't know if I agree with, but... Well, we'd well, have state to... State your case. I, I, it was a hot take I thought of on a whim, because I was looking at our logos, you know, and I love our Dallas sports teams, but... The logos are all pretty weak if you think about it compared to and this is compared to teams with like at least three if not four major sports teams so you got to have something to compare it by and i mean you could just start anywhere you wanted with the with the dallas stars i like the old logo better i'm not a huge fan of the victory green i don't hate it but i like the more black gold and dark green yeah, and the Dallas Stars, where the star was like in the A. Yeah, I like that. And now it's just a star with a big ass D. That's a letter D. <laughs> big ass D. <laughs> with a star with the letter D in front of it, and I'm like, all right, pretty lazy, especially for a professional sports team. But then you go to the Cowboys. Cowboys have an they're they're it's an iconic logo, so they'll never change it. But there was a lot of potential, especially when they first came here. Have you seen the old logo where it's like a little cowboy riding on a horse? That's cheesy. I'll get to that. But they could have. I want an alternate, dude. I just want something that they wear every once a year, twice, once every two years. There's a lot of potential there for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, and they used to do those um, throwbacks on Thanksgiving, but there was, that was more of a color scheme change. But there though, was than some. 
but there was some mandate about the helmets, like they have to be broken in or they can't be brand new or something like that. And I think that's why they kind of went away from it. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> but my thing is, and it's more, and it's and yes, it, it involves our Dallas teams, but it's more of like a nationwide thing. Like I respect the stars because they're not red, white, or blue. You know, all our teams are red, white, or blue. And you look around any league, how many teams have the colors red, blue, or white? And it's just they dominate. So yeah. I'm a fan of any team that, uh, like the Pittsburgh Penguins, black and yellow. That's sweet. Um, they got their whole color scheme for Pittsburgh because that's Steelers and yes, Pirates. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so I awesome. like that. Yeah. You know, um, going into the to the soccer world, I like teams that that'll have a you know have a green or a yellow you know yeah kit. I, I can agree with your point that at least stars mix it up i do like that and, and went against the green and the mavs had the old green old school green and blue which was pretty sick like in the early 90s yeah and i like the nine i like the 10 gallon hat logo more yeah. than i like the the it's like a basketball with like a horse head in, in front they're of they're due for a rebrand though yeah and, 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 and they and had Cuban their, they've had well no they've had in the past like this past year what they did was it looked like graffiti yeah it looked like spelt mm-hmm. out mavs and, th- yeah. and that grew on me I, at first i didn't like it i didn't like, like the color street scheme. look like yeah, that, it was, yeah it was called like the city look yeah yeah and because it, and it was like this it had their dominant colors but then it had accents of like some neon green and you look at it at first you're like man that's you know I don't, i'm not so sure about that but they start repping it more and more and it grows on you but then they also had their um, skyline look, where it would be the Dallas skyline and say Dallas on it. Yeah, that I really liked, and mm. I feel like they went a- away from that and brought in the more like graffiti look for this year, which I think there was actually a contest for fans, and that was yeah, like I think a that was the deal on that. So that's cool. That's why I wish more people, I wish more teams would do that, at least for like an alternate to wait. Yeah. If you're in an NBA game, you play 82 games. Give me 10 games with that. You know, for a football team, give me one game. Where it can be like a fan submitted and the fans voted on it and the people just want to see it. You know, and we had this discussion in our group chat, but people were killing the Rangers when they went all powder blue. No, that was nice. Dude, that was a throwback. It was a throwback with a modern like look to it. Do you remember like back in the eighties, like people like teams like the Reds wore all red. Like that was red pants. That was sick, man. Uh, the Pirates, I think they had like pinstripe they had their little hats that were like topped off hats. They weren't even normal. I mean, and then you look at that yellow pants, and it just like nowadays everybody's got their colored tops, mm. and then they're got either gray or white. Yeah. Like that is so boring, but it's so baseball. They're so resistant to change, they're so set in their ways. Everything down from the un, all these unwritten rules to the Hall of Fame, it's just ba- that's why baseball is slipping in this country. Yeah, that's why baseball is falling in this country. But I'm ranting. No, you're but right. The, it went from America's pastime to. Third? Beating hockey, yeah, to only beating hockey in a matter of a generation. Um, but the, I think the all powder blue from the Rangers was so sick. I agree. Um, and it, and it's and it's something that they wear occasionally. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a a whole series, but like wear it one time on a series. And I like the new um white with instead of saying just Texas across. I like the cursive Ranger. Like I respect that because at least they tried something different. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm for saying. Sure. Like. They're so ingrained in their old look and our their their logos. I get like the Cowboys will never change because it's iconic. You don't have to change the star 
but give me an option to wear it once a year. So, and think Jerry Jones, you think merchandising sale, that'd be a whole nother venue, whole nother window open if you mix it up. And then, you know, idiots like us would go, oh, I need that new cowboy shirt. Well, well, did you see, like, you remember back in the day, like, you'd see people walking around public and they'd have, like, the black Cowboys jersey and it'd be, like, Emmett or Irvin. No, that sounds it, cool. It was black <laughs> and it had blue letter or blue numbers with a uh, white outline around the numbers. I think a black alternate would just just for the stark like contrast of us being always being bl- white mm-hmm. and silver for the most part. And this last year we wore a lot of blue, but having a black like an all black uni like dude that would and wear it and I would say wear it on the road and a night game to like intimidate the other team. It should be like a Philly uni, yeah. like the Philly away game. Yeah, exactly. To like, kinda, like especially if at that point if you're like say it's the we play them twice, we play them at the end of the year. Say ideally we're like. 13 and 2 heading into week, you know, last week and it's like man, fucking go wear that black uniform. It's a funeral we're going to bury. Yeah, exactly. We're going to like, bury the let's, Eagles. Let's bury the Eagles. Let's go to the let's go to the playoffs. I think one city that does it and we talk I'm going to steal it from you um uh, Chicago. You've got the Blackhawks. Yeah. For now. You've got the Blackhawks, which their logo is sick. The Bears it's iconic. It's iconic. They can either go with the C or or the bear logo. Or the bear. Also looks good. I like the C, but when they put the bear on there, it's an excellent alternative. The, uh, and then you've Bulls. got both. You've got the Bulls, and you've got both baseball clubs. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got just the socks, which is the. I like the socks more actually. So do that, I. That just spells out socks so with the old English and. And you know, the Cubs is cool with the C and the Cubby through it, but that's what I'm saying. Like, and then New York, you can go through New York, you can go to L.A., you can go to like a Miami. All these other teams, I feel like they just have better logos than us and i mean i'm not hating on it because i like our teams but sometimes we just look a little basic and it bumps me out like i think chicago might be the best the best uh argument to show like yeah that's how that's there's someone doing it right and and they've had those logos for 100 years for ages yeah Yeah. someone just they were like yeah that's nice let's stick with it and we're like we're still trying to find our footing for like the mavericks i think texas what would you say the texas logo is the t yeah, if well, for play. the last two decades. But they've had other logos. Um, I like the T with the their new hats. It's a T with the state of Texas the state in there. Of Texas, I think yeah. that's cool. You know, like yeah. I said, just give me something a little different. Well, it'll be hit or miss. I get it, but eventually we're gonna we're gonna hit one. Well, you have three clubs that will change things up. Dallas will never change, and I'm okay with that because it is iconic. You see that star anywhere, and you know who it is. You, but if you were from like anywhere else in the world and you're like i'm gonna be a football fan now and you saw that would you go or is that the dallas stars yeah you don't see that and you think, wouldn't oh, associate that's the dallas that cowboys. With the cowboys yeah that's what i'm saying it looks like we have two teams well you might the I, stars. Don't, I don't know you might um because jerry has done such a good job of branding internationally or marketing internationally well, since he is since he took king. over yeah you're right somebody will know because jerry's <clears throat> marketed so well but Let me put this different. If you were an extraterrestrial. <laughs> <laughs> if you were E.T. <laughs> um, all right. It's that time of the show where I let Andrew have 60 seconds on Big Brother, and I'm out. I'm going to sit back and let him. Well, let me just say Janelle was voted out, so I'd like to take all 60 seconds to show a moment of silence for the queen of Big Brother Janelle. Just kidding. That'd be awkward for our three listeners. So is she? But is she like legendary in the yeah. big in the universe? Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say Janelle would be on my Mount Rushmore. Big Brother. She just spent her. This is her third season. So she's old school, right? This is the twenty second season of Big Brother, and this, she was in season six, season seven, and now season 
22, and each one runs for about 90 days from beginning to end. And she's made it so far on her first two, and then she did pretty good on this one. Well, pretty good. She got evicted week three. But anyways, collectively in the house, this was she just surpassed her 200th day, and she became the first and most likely only person to ever spend 200 days uh, collectively in the Big Brother house. So no one else has ever done it. I don't think anybody else will because it would take multiple seasons, and it's rare they bring people back like that. Um, you had the rest of the house, which was collectively probably – the average age. Danelle said she was forty, which I you know, I believe she's in her forties. Everyone else is probably thirty twenty five to thirty five. So you got people ten to fifteen years younger than her. They were all scared shitless of Janelle when she came in. They all knew that they had to get her out, that she's a comp beast, that she'll work the house, she's a great communicator. So she was a marked woman from the beginning. She was, and that's only because she is such a good player. Because she was outnumbered, because they divided it up basically, you know, it's all about alliances and backstabbing and backroom deals and whispers and Wait, immediate- is this a TV show or is yeah, this the you- government? <laughs> oh. It's it's called Big Brother for a reason now. <laughs> But you got to think, it was Janelle, and she immediately went to people that were like, you know, more old school is how they put it. Like, people, you know, 35 and up is old school. And they were outnumbered like 6 to 11, and immediately everyone just targeted Janelle, no matter what. They said, we got to get Janelle out. So you got people that are 25 years old that might be like, you know, peak of their physical fitness and witty as hell, and immediately they all said, we got to get Janelle out. Janelle's going to win this thing if we can. So it's, it's a sign of respect that they all ganged up and voted her out. But it bums me out because we started a fantasy. <laughs> I told you about it. Yes. Ryan last week got his guy, his girl voted out. This week, Janelle was my first pick, third overall. She's gone. And my other pick, David, let up a rookie mistake. He had a secret conversation. Somebody divulged some information to him and said, you know, don't tell anybody I told you this because it would come back to bite me in the ass. First thing he did when someone questioned him about it is he threw that person under the bus. And then he thinks he's such a nice person that he he's a straight shooter and he can't tell a lie that he immediately told on himself and he's done dude i'm about to have both players out because one one because she's such a big target and everyone's so scared of her which is a compliment and the other one just because he's a fucking idiot and he doesn't deserve to be on all stars they only put him on this season because he lasted one week last year and got voted out and everyone felt bad for him so they brought him back to all stars which doesn't make sense because he's not an all-star it's more like a let's see what you can do and he's just wasted that opportunity by making these mistakes. By because Big Brother, you if someone tells you something, you don't tell anybody, or you you save it for later, and then you use it to th- screw them over and throw them under the bus. It's all mind games in that so house. So what's the end game? Because I'm last I don't, man standing. So is there a cash prize? Is it's five hundred thousand. Jeez. Yeah, dude. It's okay. a social experiment. You get locked in a house with like a hundred and twenty cameras. No access to the outside world. There's no telephones, no internet. It's just you locked in a house with, it's usually strangers, but these are all-stars, so everyone kind of knows each other, like, at least through, hey, I saw you on this season or that season. So everybody kind of knows. They know in each this other. Season. In this season, yeah, yeah. because they're like, hey, I remember you. You're, you're a trustworthy guy. And then they would form an alliance. We would form an alliance, and we would go, you know who I don't like are those people over there. Or they, we should they're, work. Da- they're dangerous. Yeah. Like, we need or, to get them out what? of the way. You know what? I don't trust him. How about me and you work together? We'll get power this week, and we'll get the numbers, and we'll vote him out. That's all it is. It's about forming an alliance, knowing who you can trust, knowing who you can't trust, knowing when to – because eventually you gotta you got to backstab everybody. That's the only person who's going to win is the last person standing. And it's all about backstabbing, deceiving, lying, cheating. That's all Big Brother. That's why I love it, man. You know what just popped in my head? That Rick and Morty meme where it's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> like, I think I'm in on That's Big Brother That's all it is, now. man. You can, Ryan and Ben are all about it. We've been I've been watching this. I remember the first season – because I watched it with my parents, like in 2000 when it came out, and 
the only thing I remember is the guy who won because when you win you finally get to leave the house and he you know he won and uh, he had one leg not what? from comps from before he went in the house he had one leg and okay I, just, I was like he I lost just remember a this leg? guy coming out in one leg and I'm like this guy just won they're like yeah it's not a they have physical competitions but a lot of it's mental they have competitions to be who's HOH if I'm HOH I nominate two HOH people is, head of household okay. so I control everything and I can say I don't like you two you're two nominated you're nominated you have a chance to save yourself by playing for the power of veto because you can veto my nomination but it'll be me the two nominees and three people selected at random we're all going to compete if i win and i don't like y'all i'm going to keep noms the same because i want y'all gone if you win and you're nominated you take yourself off the block now i got to nominate someone else or i can win and i can say you know what matt's my real target i'm going to backdoor matt and now matt has no chance to save himself it's all it's all a mind game dude that's all it is it's a, it's a very deceiving untrustworthy house full of people who really in the back of their minds all they want to do is see you walk out that door crying because it gets you one step closer to half a million dollars so people i would hate in real life <laughs> yeah okay there's people in that show you're like i can't stand that guy and you're like god i can't wait for him to get a victim. and if he wins hoh you're going damn it he's a, he's gonna be in power for a whole week and i gotta listen to his head or her head get even bigger that's all it is dude. it's all about lies deception and backstabbing okay well, all right just give you it a chance. You may have convinced me. It, is there like a season I should start on? Like if I can, if you go if uh, on the Big Brother or not Big Brother, it's like CBS All Access. You can watch all past seasons. Is there like a certain one that's like just great that I should? I mean, they're all great, dude. Yeah, I, I would have to look and review the cast because it all comes down to the people who make the show. Because you can be like, all these people were like really cool, or I didn't like oh, half these people. And if you don't like them, you'll watch it just for like. Just to see them cry or just to see them mentally. Because people will break down mentally because you, you're shut off, dude. If you went on that show right now, you couldn't talk to Landry or Lauren for up to 90 days until you won. And even if you win or even if you get evicted at a certain point because the way they determine the winner is like the last 11 people to get evicted go to a jury house. And they get, they get snippets of what's going on in the house, but they have to just think, like, who deserves to win? And then there's a final two. And the eleven jury members vote at the end. You get to give a chance to give your final argument. Like I did this well, I got this person out, I played a good game, and then the eleven cast members vote live to see who wins. They submit their their vote live. So you want to? It's all about like campaigning, while also like backstabbing. It's 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 a lot of politics in a way too. Because if you're a good speaker, if you're a good manipulator. You're going to be a hell of a good Big Brother player. Holy crap. Okay, yeah, I might be in. That's about five minutes on Big Brother. I try so to talk as now, fast as so I now you don't. now we don't have to do it like the next five episodes. You use it all up here. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, I'll give like a quick shout out. So-and-so won HOH. So-and-so did no, this, no, and that's no. it. This is all good. Um, so let's move on to uh, our movie talk for the week. And like I teased <laughs> in the intro, uh, we are going to talk about – the classic, the 1992 Disney classic, uh, The Mighty Ducks, starring Emilio Estevez, a young Joshua Jackson, uh, Jesse Sm- I saw that in the Jesse credits. Smollett. And I, I thought it was Jesse, so I was like, okay, that's way too close. It has to be him. And I looked it up, and it's sure him. enough, it's him. Guy, he's not in the other ones, though, which is nice. It's got, I appreciate uh, that. Goldberg, and his Sean Weiss is his name, which got Have you seen that guy recently? fall from grace meth is what happened yeah meth meth happened happened really hard yeah um he's also in heavyweights um but it's just man it's just one of those movies i wore out the vhs uh growing up um and i what was cool is i got to introduce it to um my five-year-old and he found it really cool 
Um, Hockey was big when we were growing up because the stars were really relevant. Like when that movie came out, the the North Stars became the stars, and by the end of the well decade slash century, like we were we were Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. So hockey to me was like my number two sport growing up, right? Only behind football. That's well, because the Cowboys were the Cowboys in the nineties, but the stars were fun, man. And there was a big push because they moved here in ninety one or yeah, two it was or right three. around there. It was like ninety. Yeah, ninety two. So there was a big push here in Dallas. I mean, they oh, did yeah. you know to get to get that whole ball moving. And, when um, you, and you moved down here with a good team. You know, Madonna was already on the North Star, so he yeah. came with us. Who makes a cameo in the and, movie? And we just built a team up from there, man. Uh, but it, I mean, it's just a great movie. It's a feel good movie. But it's not without its flaws and implausibilities. Um, Gordon Bombay plays a uh, former Pee Wee star who just had his life ruined, ruined. by a coach because he he went for the triple deke and clanked he just it. clanked it off the off the pole and that that coach man and you got and later in later in the movie you learn that his dad died that same year yeah. and this coach was like. You ruined it, Gordon. You let us all down. It's like he just buried his father. You think he's got a little on his mind right now, and you're worried <laughs> about. And then you see later the banners, and it's like champion, champion, second place. And the coach is like, "I wish they would take just take that, that down." down. <laughs> he's like, "Golly!" And I f- twenty years later, and he's still on. And this I forget kid. that that actor's name who plays the coach, oh, but he was scumbag. in Son-in-Law. He was the dad in Son-in-Law with Pauly Shore. <laughs> and he was so awesome in that movie. And then he can play just a total scumbag in the Mighty Ducks. I hated him. I hated, but that's a I real, hated that whole team. But you know that there are coaches, youth coaches out there like that, that run programs in, in various sports like that. Doesn't make it right. Uh, no, it doesn't make it right. If I saw some guy getting on my kid, I would say, dude, they're nine years old. Okay, LSU's not watching this practice. <laughs> let's let's, ta- let's take it easy. It after this, we're gonna go get snow cones. Okay, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen after practice. So just dial it down. But uh, Gordon Bombay plays a former disgraced youth hockey player who <laughs> who disowns the game totally and becomes a hotshot lawyer. Ends up getting a DWI after winning a big case, and his punishment is community service. Which is his worst nightmare because his job is to coach a ragtag group of kids. Very ragtag. Uh, Bad News Bears, Little giant style yep. group of kids. I mean, some of them are just real shitbags. Like the little one that's got like Chihuahua syndrome. He's got the leather jacket. I and he's like, like that kid. He's like talking, you know, he's talking all Always wearing leather jacket. Leather jacket, Why? bandana on his head. Looked like the leather jacket had shoulder pads. And then there was times where he would like try to act tough and like throw his shoulder on you. Yeah, like and when he was walking was out, he was like, there was once he was walking out of the locker room. He four like, foot of him, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you in the fucking Hell's Angels youth <laughs> youth program? Like, get out of here. Uh, there's certain. I'll just say I started the sequel before we came over, and I will finish it. But there's certain players I am glad they were not in the sequel. That kid included, and Juicy's just Jussie Smollett. Jussie Smollett. Jussie. He was probably paying somebody to act like they were beating him <laughs> up. Um... <laughs> But no, it's just a great movie, and you know it starts. Great montage. Great montage. Got to have a great montage to show how they go from ragtag to to a solid just team. You know, you like, know. There's the episode where he goes to to Duckworth, his his boss, and he says, "Hey, we need some money." You know, and they get to go on the shopping spree and get all new equipment, and then they act like hockey the players, ducks. which come you know bear you know bears uh, you know bears the name the Ducks. That's where it's born. Um, 
And then, you know, he was teaching them. He, he wasn't into it. He was teaching them how to dive. He was teaching them how to cheat. And then, you know, they get upset and they walk out and there's a mutiny and he's got to go, you know, between with his tail between his legs and start apologize and he gets the kids back on his side. And, and then, then he notices Charlie's mom's pretty hot. That brings <laughs> him in. That piqued his interest. He, and he did the one thing he told her not to yeah. do. He, she told him not to do. Got close. Got a got a taste. Do style. <laughs> he said, "I have a chance to slightly improve my life. I'm out of here." Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it shows him. Then he starts. You know, he talks with Hans, who is was his mentor growing up after his Possible dad died. Nazi. I don't think so, Hans. I get a real Nazi vibe from that guy. His name isn't Lars. Like we he, don't know his full name. We just know him as Hans, and you can easily change your name. I guess. He just seems so grandfatherly and wise. That's what Nazis would want to do when they come to America. I guess. you got to blend in. you got to be the ultimate like nice guy because think of the war atrocities he committed in across but Europe. He told them, you know, help the kids fall in love with the game, and it shows them slowly, you know, coaching, and then they get a little better and a little better, and turns out they need one more game. All, all you need is a carton of eggs. Yeah, soft, soft hands. hands. That's Soft it. hands. It goes a long way. And then you strap a kid to the goal and yeah. fire pucks at him. <laughs> and then leave. And then just leave him. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, and then, you know, it's the classic 90s sports movie where, of course, he's going to face off against his old coach. Yeah, you could you could see it coming a mile away. They're going to play the Hawks. It's going to come down to, like, one final shot. And then we didn't even talk about Gordon using his 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 – excellent lawyering skills and figuring out that Adam Banks, who is the star player for yeah, the that Hawks. Was a, that was a G move. Figuring out that, hey, they redrew the district lines. He's technically on my team. Either play or you got to forfeit all the games. Ends up – turns out, of course, that the coach and the kid's dad are friends with Ducksworth, who is the boss. and Money influences everything. And then Gordon – Picks his team over his job, and Adam Banks ends up playing. And what's really messed up is in the championship game, Adam Banks' dad is sitting on the Hawks' side with the Hawks' jacket on. Mm-hmm. Even though he's I, still rooting for his kid, but he wants he wants he wants his son to score six goals, but the Hawks to score seven goals and win. My question was: <laughs> is, Do they go to therapy together or separately? Because they're going regardless, and then he ends up getting knocked out because they've got they you know goons. Yeah, you they, know. Got a, they got a goon for a, a nine-year-old hockey team. But it's still a great movie. It still holds up. It's one of those movies that you love growing up and you think it's flawless, and then you watch it later on and you kind of pick it apart. But it's still a good movie. And at the end, you know, it had the sequel set up because he's gonna go try out and. You know, but I'll be back because we got a title to defend. And I was like, fuck yeah, I love a good sequel setup <laughs> like that. I was like, you know, and I ordered the whole trilogy. So I'm just, you know, I'm going to watch the other two this weekend. Like, I'm in. I got Stars on Sunday and I got Ducks World but there, Tournament this weekend. There are some things, though. Like, he recruited Pete from Pete and Pete and his sister. Yeah. You know, and his sister's out there wearing, like, figure skates, and she's, like, doing pirouettes, or I don't know what you call it, and figure skating in the middle of the ice when... Called a distraction, so, uh, was it Conway got that goal? Spazway. I think think it was Conway. But in real life, somebody would have destroyed her. Oh, yeah, they would have just been cross-checked on the ice. Yeah, she would have just been a spot in the ice. But nevertheless... I'll tell you who who has potential on that team that we're not talking about is Fulton Reed. 
we're talking about a defenseman who, even in those skates at that age, was probably at least six foot. Just a total had a full Probably had a full bush. <laughs> and could just, like, a, we're talking like a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot. One out of five ain't bad. One out of five. Because you're gonna yeah. you're gonna put fear in those hearts five and they, out of five times. And, and they did that his first game. Oh yeah, everyone's ducking he, and hitting the ground. <laughs> Gordon in pregame, pregame skate, put him out there and started just firing shots. And you see the it's kids. Psychological war. That's yeah. The first thing I thought was that is psychological warfare. And so I when he gets it. in, they pass him the puck. He winds up, and old boy just comes in, takes it from Swoops him, and, it and sla- the goalie's like the yep. goalie's like hiding over uh, you know, over in the, the corner. Goalie was gone. Yeah, the goalie he didn't was, want none of that. No. And so again, man, psychological warfare paying off in youth hockey. No, but it's a great movie, and uh, it's crazy. And has have we seen Emilio Estevez since like the late nineties? Like what's he been doing? Uh, yeah, they made a movie about um, Bobby Kennedy that he was in. I don't think he might have played Bobby. I think it was just called Bobby too. That's the only thing I can think of. He was just I, I just, oh, he peaked. I was telling Lauren, I was like, man, look how young that dude looks. And I forgot he's Martin Sheen's kid. I always yeah. forget that he's Martin Sheen's kid. Yeah, I've, I've just got to be. I mean, surely there's a reason why he's not a Sheen. He must have taken his mom's name. Maybe, uh, but it's got to be it. Yeah, because, you know, Charlie Sheen's your, your brother, Martin Sheen's your dad, and you're Emilio Estevez, <laughs> which is a cool name, but it's like, doesn't sound like Martin or Charlie Sheen. Yeah, but <laughs> he looked, he was so young, dude. Yeah. Um, I think I think on the box, too, it says, like, box office favorite, Emilio Estevez, yeah. and I was like, damn, when was that written down? You know, he hasn't been a box office draw in 20-something years. And I was he had a, a hell of a run. You got to think, when you're making franchises, like, Mighty Ducks, Young Guns. Young Guns. Like, those are franchise movies, you know, where it's like, I mean, yeah. He Wasn't was he in draw. Outsiders, too? Yeah, he was. He was in the Outsiders. A young, because that was like 86. Six, so yeah. that was even young. Dude, dude. I was annoying. They were all young. In I that was movie. annoying Lauren um, uh, with uh, Night at the Roxbury quotes <laughs> during the whole movie. I was like, you'll never <laughs> guess who's <laughs> it. Emilio Estevez. Dude, now, that's a good movie. Yeah, so I was annoying. I saw that in theaters, my buddy Zach. I was were, like, annoying you so bad. Um, but yeah, man, great movie. Uh, come back next week, and we will do D two. I might do two, D two and D three to be honest. At D three, I watched the trailer, dude. It's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. So maybe we'll just do D. We got D- like little mustache whispers and squeaky voices. Yeah. At that point, they're full on hormones. They're the plot is they all get scholarships, or like eight or ten of the ducks get scholarship to this like prestigious prep school in Minneapolis and it's the thing where like we're the ducks and the new coach is like well no you're not ducks you're going to play as a bison or whatever their lo- whatever their mascot is and it's a and they start quacking yeah and they, they start quacking <laughs> but uh maybe next week we'll do uh we'll do D2 and D3 um together but I mean 90 sports movies were pretty awesome yeah, we could we could roll that out for at least a few more weeks. Because you got Angels in the Outfield, Little Giants, Big Green, big uh, Rookie of the that. Year, Little Big League, um, Little Big League, Sandlot, Sandlot, Little Giants. Already said that. Already said that. <laughs> but no, there is quite a few we could do. Um, but yeah, next week we'll do D two and D three. Um, so what else you got? Talk some local sports. Local sports. Let's do it. What, what, what sport are you thinking? Let's well, talk Rangers bit. in their Joey Gallo situation. Well, Joey Gallo conundrum. Joey Gallo is just – I don't know how you feel about him. I think he's probably our – sadly our best offensive weapon. That doesn't mean I'm thrilled about it. 
because I like I like you know 450 foot home runs, but I also don't like a 210 batting average and potentially like leading the league if not top of the leading board in strikeouts. So he's got two more years of control, and after that he's going to be one of those guys that's probably 10 years, 300 million is going to be the starting point. It can only go up from there depending on his agent. So it just. I don't know. It's I get how he's a building block, and he was he would he was an all star last year here. He would have been before his injury. He would have been in the home run derby, but I think he was also hitting like damn near two seventy at the all star break. You know, yeah, yeah. like he he if if this guy can hit for average, and I hate when they say on the radio if he can just hit two fifty. Like I don't want my thirty million dollar player to peak at two fifty. I need a guy that's gonna. Yeah, but if he's hitting two fifty and hitting forty bombs and one hundred and twelve RBI, I mean I. I'm not going to complain. I am. That's a lot of money, man. And that's a 10-year commitment. Yeah, but I don't... And, and his OPS, I get his walks His walks have gone up, which is great to see because you got to get the OPS up, the on-base percentage. And I don't know, I just get hung up on... And he's not chasing as much as he used to. It used to be like when Hamilton would come up. And Hamilton would be like, all right, this guy's either going to save the day or he's going to chase a slider in the dirt. He's either going to be swinging at nothing or he's going to win the game. And I feel that parallel between him and Joey. And I get why he's your only big piece to build off of. So you might have to keep him. But if I, I mean, I'm thinking if we could, I don't think we'll get a Teixeira level deal where it's like, yeah, give me all your prospects. No, he won't. He won't. He, he's not he going to get, get that, that haul, but it's like, I listen to phone calls. If I'm JD and somebody calls about it, I'm I'm picking up the phone. If they say I got something for you for Gallo, I'm not going to say he's untouchable. You know, he's not a Trout or a Mookie Betts or any of these other guys that are worth thirty plus million. I mean, if you got to pay him, I'm not going to be upset because I've seen what we did with Sinshu Chu, and he's better than that guy. Well, what scares me is that we don't we don't pay him, and then. He turns into Chris Davis in Baltimore, and he just starts mashing for four or five years. Are you? That, that can't be serious. Have you seen Chris Davis lately? Well, lately, but there was like a there two was or about three two year window. There was about yeah. a two or three window but after it, he left when he Baltimore's was mashing, eating that. Yeah, but it's not worth it. If you sign him a long term deal and you get two years out of him, it's not worth it. Those are guaranteed contracts, man. You can't avoid that. You can't sign a guy for ten years and say, I, when you sign a guy to ten years, you say, I hope we eat it on the back half. For like the past two or three, years, the last two or three, yeah. you can't you can't say we're gonna get two good years and then we're gonna have to pay this guy 140 million for the next six and just eat it. I, we'll leave that to the Angels. Yeah, Angels like to eat up our garbage, so maybe we could trade Gallo for Trout straight up. I'd make that trade. <laughs> Would never happen. <laughs> Trout is an untradeable guy. You're I not think fielding. Trout is gonna be the greatest to ever play. You're not fielding any phone calls for that. No, not unless you say I'll give you the stadium. The farm. I'll give you the farm and the stadium. <laughs> Trout, I think, has the, the skill set to be a, the all-time greatest. It just sucks for us as baseball fans that oh, when has he played meaningful baseball? Ever. Because they keep making dumb decisions. They keep making pool holes decisions, Josh Hamilton decisions. CJ Wilson. They got all CG, our old guys. You know, and it, it that's, that's prohibiting the team – from building around properly and, and, and you know, Shohei Otani, like, what's he going to be? I mean, he's not going to be a pitcher, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, that's um, got to kill a guy, too, because he is, he's without a doubt the greatest living player. I think he's going to be the greatest of all time, and he hasn't played, like you said, a meaningful game in October in his life. And that may be, you know, and it may get to a point to where 
he 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 forces himself out where he does totally where that. he does want. If you to can go, give a team like KG, Kevin Garnett played Minnesota, never made it past the second round. He was MVP of the league, never made it past the second round, and he was like, "Y'all gotta trade me, man! Like this is done. I'm never gonna progress past this with this organization." Traded him to Boston, championship. Yep. Anything yep. is possible. All right. What else we got? Uh, well, still got more base or more baseball. You got more baseball because the uh, trade deadline's coming up, and you got Mike Miner and Lance Lynn. Let's and get rid of them. Let's get what we I, can I, for them. I, I think that everyone's for sale with the Rangers. I think we're ten and nineteen, depending on how tonight's game goes. We're not going anywhere. The season's a sixty-game season's already halfway over, nearly. You know, we're at, we're almost. I think with tonight's game, we're at the halfway point, and we're not doing shit. Let's get a top five pick. Let's get all the prospects. Mike Miner. His contract's up at the end of this year. He was an all-star last year. I think he was top. I think he was the fifth in Cy Young, and Lance Lynn was like seventh. Now it's flipped. Now Lance Lynn's pitching his ass off. Four and zero with like a one point five nine. You got to strike when the iron's hot. I love Lance Lynn. He's my favorite player on the team right now. I would trade him. I would trade him only if I got the right um, deal. But even if it was close to the right deal, I would trade him because you're not going to do shit this year. I I'm in I'm in the camp. The firm belief: If you can't win it this year or in the next three years, foreseeable, tear it down. Let's start over. Rangers are the only team in Dallas I feel that are in that group right now. Yeah, yeah, and we've been kind of in that since what twenty seven, sixteen, seventeen. Last I think time, sixteen was our last year when we lost that one game playoff to uh, I think it was either Tampa or Toronto. Either one, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, let's just tear it down. You know, there was talks. There was talks, uh, you know, before the season started, maybe getting Kershaw, having a home, you know, having a kind of a homecoming, you know. Trevor Story's a uh, free agent after this year, and he's from. That's the that's the cat from Colorado, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Irving. he's from Irving, I believe. Um, but yeah, let's just tear it down and or get some new ownership, <coughs> who's gonna come in and want to spend money, you know. That'd be nice. Um, now that you've got a new stadium. You've got a Joey Gallo to build around. I think this thing is – it's more – So you'd rather uh, build around Gallo and trade the – I think so. Because then our next option is pitching is the only thing we have a plus on, starting pitching. Lance Lynn has this year and next year of control, so that would be your biggest haul, and he's your best pitcher. So realistically, you would trade Lance Lynn, and then you would just – Trade Mike Miner. Trade trade Mike Miner for whatever you can get. It's not going to be much. It's not going to be much, but – um Get him off your books. He's a free agent after this year, anyways. Might as well get something for Might him. Might as well get something for him, yeah. You know, and let's bring up Josh Josh Young. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, let's get him some reps. You know, let's get him some some time. And I don't know how the I, rules work with bringing players like that up and service time. I don't, you know, and with this year being, you know, as wonky as it is. Yeah, that can't count as your first year of service time. <clears throat> yeah. Towards I arbitration. Yeah, and I but don't know. I would bring up Josh Young now because these games are meaningless. If it were like a playoff push – I wouldn't want to bring him up because I wouldn't want that pressure on a first-year player who's like two, like a year out of college. But you can be like, dude, it literally. Like I know you wouldn't tell this to him, but you got to think these games don't matter. We're not making the playoffs. We're playing for a draft pick right now. Let's get the best pick we get. Go out there and swing for the fences, man. You know, and you know we could we could. There's a team. There's going to be teams making a playoff push that could use a guy, uh, a guy like uh, Todd Frazier. I like Todd. 
I so do I. The I Todd really like Father. Todd I like the Todd yeah. Father, but he's, he's like, even though he's brand new to the team, he's like, I'd really like to keep Todd Frazier. But he's like that everywhere he goes. He's kind of like Boban. Yeah, you know, he's kind of like favorite. Boban, where he's just a locker room favorite. He's a fan favorite. He's a pizza guy, which is near and pizza dear guy? to my. I'm a pizza guy. He's a pizza guy. He's from Jersey. He's a Jersey guy. So he's a pizza like connoisseur. So I like him, you know, for that. But there's going to be a team who needs a bat, a veteran presence. And he, he's a solid veteran presence. He is. He could walk into a team, especially like a young team, and demand a clubhouse. They will respect Todd Frazier. Unless you go to like the – well, he was you know, maybe the he, Maybe you go to Atlanta, you know, a young there team. There you go, young team. Um, but, you know, give Josh Young those reps at third because he's a third baseman, I believe. Um, but I just say, like, yeah, let's just tear, tear it down. down. Let's tear it down. I like – I like Kiner Falefa and I like Solak. Those are probably two position players that I'd really like to keep. But see, and then you got Gallo. Everyone else, well, and Gallo. You know, right. and then Gallo's just gonna. I just, I don't know about the money, but you got to spend the money somewhere. And I just, I have a, a fear that he's gonna lead the league in strikeouts at one point. But if he can also get me fifty bombs, it's a fair trade. Yeah, yeah. So he's um, not. He's not gonna be an average hitter. I don't think ever in his career. But. He has limited his strikeouts, and his walks are improved greatly. So that tells you he's watching, he's learning, and he's watching for his pitch. So i got to respect that. That's a, that's a big progression for him. Yeah. And Just waiting for your pitch is a and big And let's give deal. him time. And I don't want to judge. I don't think anybody can judge this year. This you know, this year is so weird. Yeah, you're you right. You know, the long, <laughs> the, the, it's the startup of spring training and then the long layoff, and then now you got to ramp back up, and you're playing with no fans, and – uh, you're traveling weird. It's just it, 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 2020 for sports has been a disaster. One side note on the Rangers, today is actually Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah. They're playing the Dodgers. Oh, yeah, I didn't even but catch they're, that. They're playing in Texas, which I thought was – I would think on this one day you would play a home game in, in L.A. for Jackie Robinson. I wonder Robinson. if that was just like an oversight in the schedule. That's what I was like – because I was like, oh, it's Jackie Robinson Day. And then I'm looking and they're like, you know, coming from you live from Arlington, Texas. And I was like, this should be the one game of the year that they play in Los Angeles for yeah, Jackie right, Robinson. And they're still doing the 42s, right? Yeah, Everybody's everyone's 42, 42 yeah, yep. Okay. All right, cool. Cool. Um, so the Mavs um, – Mavs, uh, shit, did you hear about KP? KP with the meniscus. Torn meniscus, yep. Um, After but he the got load management for he, – he waited nine extra months to come back from his other knee. We managed him through the year, and he still – Is KP just going to be one of these dudes that is just never healthy? I'm afraid Are so. we going to – are we should we try to get him healthy and let's get something for him? I don't know what we could get for him because the whole NBA world knows that he has two bad knees now. He might just be our – $140 million bubble-wrapped unicorn. Another Chandler Parsons. Shit, don't say that. <laughs> it's Chandler Parsons needed micro-knee surgery, yeah, or whatever it's yeah, called. That micro-fracture. Micro yeah. yeah, so I don't think it's that bad. <coughs> but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, because you know, everyone's like, well, it's his other knee. I said, yeah, that means he has two bad knees now. How is that supposed to make me feel any better? And he's 7'4". Yeah. You so know, I just those knees ain't easy. I think we have such a sports unicorn with Luca that he is going to be he's going to be able to do what Dirk never could do and recruit, recruit and yeah. players are going to want to come play with him. I agree. And you know, now that we can't rely on KP, I, I wonder if that's going to affect that going down or in the future going down the line. The only thing that's going to hurt us with KP is that we've already signed him long term, so the contracts there because 
I love him. Like when he his last game I played, I think he had 34 points and 13 rebounds. Like he is the unicorn. He could step back from 10 feet behind the line, and you're like, shit, I think he's gonna make that. Yeah. You know, he's just inside the hat. He's in between like the half court line and the three point line. I'm like, he's got a shot to make that, and it seems like 50 percent of the time he does. But you know, and I still think with that trade we made, regardless, we won the trade. Because we gave up Dennis Smith Jr. He's coming off the bench. He's coming now. off the bench for the Knicks, and we gave up first round picks. But ideally, these picks are going to be uh, out of the lottery because we made the playoffs. And we got not only did we get KP, but we got Tim Hardaway Jr., who's become who, a probably our third best option. Yeah, uh, behind well, now he might be our two option because if KP's out, him and Seth Curry can get hot and go for twenty to thirty on a good night. I went to Mavs. And he was a throw-in. I went to a Mavs game in January. They played the Timberwolves, and KP was so off that night. I think he was like oh, he was like oh for oh for seven from three. But Tim Hardaway Jr. was a spark plug, man. Yeah, he just went in and he could not miss. Him and Luca that night were just they could not miss. I think we won by like forty, but they I was super impressed with them. Yeah, you need guys that can step up. Like when Hardaway's out, we need Curry. When Curry's out, we've had Trey Burke, who was actually signed in like a month ago to a contract because of Willie Cauley-Stein opted out. And that guy just made himself millions of dollars with this second chance with the Mavericks because if he's not back with us, someone's going to sign him to a, yeah. a legit contract. So. Yeah. And him and Tim Hardaway Jr. played on a college basketball together, national championship. Did they? Where at? Michigan. Oh, okay. Um I remember when Tim Hardaway Sr. played for the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. And I liked him as yeah, a player. He had serious range. I had, a, I had his rookie card back in the day. There you go. I had you his rookie card get, back get, in the get day. Junior to sign it. I lost all my cards. Oh, that sucks. In a, mo- in a move. And, and back in the day, card collecting for me was, oh, was such a life. huge. Back when Kmart down in DeSoto was still right open. Right by Luby's. Right by Luby's. Yeah. I would go there with my mom, and I'd buy packs of cards and – I had, I just had ton. I had two or three Aikman rookie cards that I went to that I went to card shops and got because Troy Aikman's my favorite time, uh, favorite player of all time. Yeah. But uh, no, I just had a bunch of cards, and that was like for like a three-year stretch from like sixth to eighth grade. I mean, I got in trouble in school because we were we were conducting these multi-person trades like hey man i'll trade you this you know but i want that from him and it was just that was a life back in the day yeah um trading cards and slamming pogs just pogs easier time (laughs) i I remember i had an alf uh slammer (laughs) i had an oj simpson with nicole (laughs) smith or nicole simpson i guess on there yeah i was like i gotta keep that i I bought it not knowing what it was, but then later in life I was like, I still yeah, got it. And yeah. with my slammer somewhere, I got a mix of my cards probably in the shit out there. So, do you believe the bullshit that Marcus Morris is spewing out of his mouth about not stepping on Luke on purpose? No, because I, I he's got a history. He's got a history, and that whole technical situation started all of it when they yeah. got tangled up, and then and then Luca hurts his ankle. And then he starts stepping on it. There was two different times when he did yeah, that. There he, was he, there was one where we all saw it, and then there was another one where I think they were Clippers had the ball. So like Luke is going to play defense, and Morris is trailing him, and he kind of almost steps on more on his Achilles. Well, back of it, he did, and he he kind of he kind of adjusted his like he kind of shuffled his feet to get his steps right to step. You can see him adjust his stride 
so he's landing on that Achilles. And the other one they submitted to the league is when I think Luca took a he took a three pointer. He got all in his shit. And he got all in his he got in his face and mm-hmm. he jumped and landed on the ankle. That's the quickest way to roll an ankle because if if you're you know two feet in the air and I get in your space and you come down on my ankle, that's yeah. an immediate roll. Is it time? <laughs> is it time for Luca to get some high tops? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because I need those ankles to be fresh for twenty more years. Yeah, because he. He is a shooter, but he's going back to what we were talking about uh, last episode when we were talking about Curry. He Luca does have that style where he will drive and bang inside, and you know I hope that play style doesn't catch up with him. And you don't want the ankle injury injuries early, you know. And he's already you got to think, yeah, this is his second NBA year, but this is like his eighth year in professional basketball, so he's been banging with grown men in the paint for almost a decade. Yeah, he's uh, so that body's that body from an early age has already been taken at least five years because at sixteen he was balling out for Real Madrid, you know. And he's a guy. Didn't he? He had a twenty rebound game a couple weeks ago, so he will get in the paint. Yeah, he's not. He's not a kind of guy that's gonna like box you out and jump for it. But he's he he's such a savant. He can just read a ball and look at it and think, okay, it's gonna bank left or right, or it's gonna come straight off the backboard. And he'll just get positioning. He's all about positioning and angles. So I like that about him. He's not the kind of guy that's going to, like, get in there and post up and throw an elbow and, you know, box you out. He's he's so smart about angles and trajectory that he'll, he'll find a way to get the rebound. But, yeah, he's – um, I mean, that body's already got to be taken a wear and tear. But he's still – he's so young. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to worry about Luka. Um, I'm more worried about the KP thing with a yeah. torn meniscus. Yeah. Because – I, I don't think we'll win game six. So I think let them sit out and then God, just give them a whole off season and come back. Come I, back. Uh, in college, um, I tore my meniscus, but also did a lot of other damage. I dislocated my kneecap, torn meniscus, uh, tore like a PCL or MCL or something like that. But it's, uh, it's not fun. It's not fun. There's no stability there. Um, mine was – and I, I had a lot more damage, but mine was a 12-month recovery. Um, but, yeah, just bubble wrap them, put them away. Um, and and, and, it, doesn't, bubble wrap for and so it doesn't help too. that the NBA is talking about starting the new season and uh, started talking about uh, starting the new season in December, yeah, which Christmas is a, Day. Quick, because they'll, they'll say, well, you already had four months off. Yeah. So it's going to be a really quick turnaround. Yeah, there's going to be a quick off season. Yeah, KP's then, not going to be ready for that. No. Uh-uh. Dwight Powell, maybe because I think that was January, February, maybe or I'm sorry, December, that was January, Dece- uh, November, December. I think. Oh, even even better. Even that. better. I like Powell, dude. I really so do. I. He, that's someone no one talks about anymore. But he was him and Luca had a very good chemistry with pick and roll and alley oops and just cutting to the basket. Yeah. Because you know that's why we had to get Collie Stein and that's why we have to have Kleba playing so much. And I really like Kleba. He's a high effort. He he doesn't care about getting in your face about. He'll get dunked on because he's going to try to get that block. So he takes open threes without hesitation, and he goes so fucking hard for those blocks. So I love Max, and he's from the same hometown as Dirk. Wurzburg? Wurzburg. <laughs> so, but you got to think, yeah. So those guys would just be coming off the bench. So we have good depth. We just have injuries. Jalen Brunson another guy we don't talk about. Yeah. That, was, that was a college basketball player of the year, two-time mm-hmm. national champion. That's a great uh, second point guard for you. So – I yeah. think somebody they miss is Harrison Barnes. Yeah. You know, from a locker room standpoint, he's a, he great, a great human leader. being. Great, great human being. Yep. He's good on the court, national champion, all that. 
Um, NBA champion too with the yeah with the Warriors. Warriors. Um, Fair trade though because we wouldn't have the cap space to get to accommodate KP without him. So healthy Harrison Barnes is still not as good as a often injured KP. Yeah, true that. So stars, stars should be playing Sunday. Yeah, they're playing, playing Sunday, Sunday. And you know when 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 the stars are hot, when they're playing their best, I think they're the best team in the league. Granted, I don't know as much other teams. I know more in our division, so I know Atlanta was supposed to be our toughest matchup so far, and I think we played them really good. We, they got the, they got the MVP. You know, McKinnon's probably going to win the MVP, and we blew them out twice, and then the other game was neck-to-neck. -neck. You know, we had the lead until we gave it up, and then they threw in an empty netter to make it look worse than it was. And that was the first time they beat us all year. Yeah, and that was on a five-game winning streak because after we're down 2-1 to at Calgary, we won those three. Or two, and then we won the first two. I guess it was a four-game winning streak. No, they were up two to one. So yeah, we had to win three straight to win four to two, and then we won two. So we were on a five-game winning streak against good teams, and then you know, tough game. Miro should be okay. I haven't heard anything, but Miro uh, should be fine. It's a, it's a he's a hockey player. It's playoff Dude, time. He's hockey playing. Players could have their jaw detached from their body, and they'll be back out there skating. But Sunday's going to be a big sports day. You've got a. Uh, yeah, you've got stars. Um, you got the blue white scrimmage, um, which is going to be Mavericks play game Ma six. Mavericks and stars. I gotta say, what bums me out about them on the same day is that we had a nice rotation with stars one day, Mavericks next yeah. night. Yeah, my wife hated it, but I was living the dream. I would I would just rotate, like, oh sorry, honey, we can't watch Ghost Adventures tonight. You know, stars are playing, and it's at nine thirty. <laughs> that I don't love. I would I I don't know why they're doing that to us because these are. Key matchups. This is the two three series. Shouldn't we get prime time like seven o'clock? Again, they're gonna give that to the big markets. I, you know, Dallas is like the number four market. I guess Boston's in, still in. Not in, in you know, not in, I, hockey, I, not in yeah. hockey. But uh, you're right. No, you know, I think they've got this series. Uh, it's gonna be we're a winner's town, so the the stars train is just gonna get more and more steam as as we continue oh, to move totally. on. Especially if they make it, because I think they said. The last time we made the conference finals was like 2008. Mm -hmm. So everyone's gonna, you know, everyone's gonna don their victory green if we make it, and it's probably gonna be Vegas, which is a pretty impressive because their first year they came so close to winning that Stanley Cup, and then this year they're the number one seed. So they got a great front office apparently. If they could go first year Stanley Cup finals, second year number one seed, good for them, man. Keep it up. I mean, I hope you lose, obviously, if it comes down to us, but I got to respect that Vegas front office. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the NHL playoffs, to me, is the best playoffs Absolutely. out of any of those sports. Um, I don't ca I don't follow them. I, I follow them. I don't catch too many of them in the regular season just because, you know, life gets in the way. And Have you been to a hockey game? Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to one last year. I got uh, – one of the reps at work gave me a suite ticket, so me and the, me and Lauren went and sat in a suite. And nice. I think I I posted pictures in the group chat. Uh, I showed all you guys. Um, and then I went to one several years ago against Minnesota. <coughs> and then my sister uh. my sister got tickets through a rep, and we were four rows behind the bench. I mean, you could smell these dudes. You could hear all the chirping. It was incredible to see how fast it is that close and how physical and just violent it is um 
I think we were playing the Red Wings that night. Hey, the first time so, I was ever that close, that close to the ice was a Red Wings game. Me and my dad at a reunion. And I don't know. He probably got it for somebody at work, too, because, shit, my dad ain't buying us tickets that close to the right, glass. Yeah. But, I mean, we were from here to – you can't guesstimate how far I am. So, I'd say 10 feet, you know, three or four rows back. And it was the same thing. It was like – that, that. I remember that experience more than any other sporting experience as my childhood was that game. And it was the Red Wings. I had the ticket forever. You know, Red Wings back in the day were like the, the best organization. Team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had everybody. Had Steve Eiserman, Eiserman, uh, Sergey, or um, what's that guy's name? God damn it, Dominic Hasek. Mm-hmm. Um, then Lindstrom later on. I love Lindstrom, even though he was a Red Wing. But that game just cemented me as a huge fan of the Stars, and then we ended up, you know, winning the Stanley Cup before the decade was over, and. I mean, hockey's always been, like, one of my favorite sports. It's it's one that I follow probably the third or fourth most because I'm, I'd say I'm Cowboys, Mavericks, and then it's a tie almost between Stars and Rangers. Yeah. But my top two are pretty cemented, and that's because when you're in your 30s with a kid and a wife, you really got to pick and choose because I can't watch all the games. I can watch all the Cowboy games. That's the one I was like, I can't miss a Cowboy game. I would really like to watch at least half the Mavericks. And then it's just, you know, when I can when you can get him. Rest, you know. Speaking of Cowboys, uh, we're two weeks away from football, from NFL football. That's wild. It's two weeks away. Um, Still going to have a 50% capacity, I guess. That's we're close to it. They said 40,000. That's fucking stupid. Not, just like I said last week, if Jerry can do it, he's going to do it. Yeah. Because the difference in $250 million and $500 million is <laughs> – you know that's that's all the decision. That's all he sees. That's all he. Money. That's all he needs to see. Yep. And then he's going to be able to, you know, after it's all said and done, he's like, look at the Cowboys. We were able to bring the NFL, you know, through, you know, COVID and. Of course, there's a flip side to that. The everyone who goes to the game, you know, or there's a chance people get sick and it spreads, and the numbers in North Texas spike, and they're going to look at Jerry and say, "Did you really need forty thousand people there?" Doesn't care the money and his check's gonna clear. <laughs> check's gonna clear, but <laughs> he doesn't. He, care. he won't be able to say like, "Oh, didn't we do something great for North Texas?" If more people get sick, yeah. Um, so, CD, you're right. You're right. CD Lamb continues to get rave reviews out of camp. Um, How the hell did he slip that far? I'm just glad the Raiders are dumb. And, Raiders and Broncos. But I'd be, I would have been okay with Judy. I would have been okay with. I would have been okay, but I would have been like okay instead i remember texting you and i was like are you fucking kidding me we're gonna get cd lamb with the 16th pick i think they had him number six on their board yeah it's ridiculous you know and and i I read reports that if you would not be able to tell he's a rookie if he other than you know he doesn't have a star in his helmet because the rookies you know they have to earn their star in it so um and and then you know they were talking about drafting Diggs with that 16th pick if he was mm -hmm. there and they were like oh he fell to us at 52 or whatever it's like are you kidding me? He's How get, did this happen? He's getting good reviews, and yep. every everything I hear is that the defense is just all over the offense. Now, given Tyron Smith isn't practicing, Collins Lyle Collins isn't practicing, um, so you know they're going against you know second and third team tackles. But um, Alden Smith is he's rave hungry. reviews. They say you would you would never guess this guy yeah. hadn't played in five years. Is he on a one year deal? I believe so. I believe so. It may See, be a two-year deal. And signing those guys to one-year deals is smart for two reasons. Because it makes them hungry. 
to play good to get the long term deal. And then it's like it's like with Robert Quinn last year. It's like okay, you did really good. We can't afford you now, so you can go to Chicago. We're gonna get that compensatory pick though. Yeah. We're gonna get a third round pick for you, which is awesome. Third or fourth, but I think guys like that are gonna give us a third. And if Everson Griffin or if Alden Smith, which if they ball out, we can probably keep one. And I'd like to think Alden Smith because it's like, hey, remember that chance we gave you? Like, remember when no one else wanted you and we treated you like family? You know, and the D line is. Which was our weakness for yeah, but years. But this year it's going to be nasty. You're, yeah. You're going to have. Because I like Dorrance Armstrong and he's, coming out. And he's like our he's like our third wave. And in, in, <laughs> in the last two days of reports, he's turned it on. He's uh, solid, man. Today, he's solid, and he's like our backup to I, our backup. I saw practice report today that Dorrance Armstrong, Bradley Anai, who we got in fifth like the round. fifth round, who was projected in second or third rounds. And a it lot was of, like a Pac-12, pac like all-defensive player of the, the year. End. Yeah. Um, so Bradley and I, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, Alden Smith, Griffin, and D-Law. D-Law all had sacks today. Wow. Or would have been, you know, they're not, they would have been sacks. And, and then it, even the, even the nose tackles, even with that McCoy, we still got Don Terry Poe, who's no, the best we've had and in And nobody's years. talking about um, Tyrone Crawford. Nah. I'm not going to count he, on him until I can see a full year. But he Tyron can play. Crawford. He can play inside or outside. Alden Smith. He can also get on the IL pretty quick though, too. Yeah. That's why I, I know what you're saying. I know he's always and he's a great leader. He's a vocal leader. But you know, I can't count on a guy who hasn't played a healthy year since I was like, you know, ten years ago. Or whatever. Alden Alden Smith. He he can even play a little outside linebacker for you. But this defense is not going to be what it's been. You're going to see a lot of looks. It's not going to be, you Good. know, it's going to be a lot of movement. It's going to be a lot of different looks. There's going to be a lot of confusion. Um, That's the way it should be, man. You should you should get up to the line of scrimmage and make the quarterback shoot his pants with all the movement and all the scheming you're doing. You should make them think the same thing when you're on offense. You should put so much motion that the defense doesn't know what's coming. That And, and, and with a Garrett Marinelli offense defense, it was the exact opposite. They would – other players would be like, oh, blah, 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 they're doing this, they're doing that, and they would call out our plays because they would see our formation, we'd line up just like we did every other play, and they'd be like, yeah, we know what's coming, just look for that A-gap, look for Zeke coming through that gap, or look for Cooper to run a slant right here. It was all predictable. So, yeah, I would love to just confuse the shit out of everyone, like you should do, because football is a little, you know, it should be a lot of uh, psychological. It well, should be, I'm going to get in your head, you're not going to know what's Well, coming. at this level, the talent gap is so, so thin. It's, yeah, so that's why so coaching it's all, is so it's big. all about scheme. It's all about how you present how you present it, um, the packages that you, that you run, the personnel that you trot out, to, you know, 11 personnel, yeah, 12, 13 that's personnel. that's where you get your advantage. That's where you get the, your like advantage. Like you said, the skills are neck and neck. The talent, the gap, the talent neck. gap is, is nil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one more, one more from the offensive side. One more winner, Ben DiNucci, the seventh round quarterback from James Madison, is getting rave reviews. Really? I, yeah. See, I he is getting, I'm not inside like you, so he is getting rave reviews from everything I'm reading. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're just saying he's he's cerebral. He he can move a little bit. Um, he's actually getting some comparisons to Romo in that aspect, where he's getting out of the side of the pocket. He doesn't. This level doesn't seem too big for him. Sweet. So, you know, if we can stow this guy away, slip him through waivers, get him on the practice squad, because obviously we have Andy Dalton um, in the number two spot. Uh, but some of the losers, Haha Clinton Dix has been a train wreck from, from all the reports I've heard and read. He has not shown up. So would you want Earl Thomas? I don't know. 
and, and with his character, it's sketchy to and me. And I too. don't have the stats in front of me, but somebody on YouTube broke down Ha Ha's stats from last year and Earl Thomas's stats from last year, and they had the same amount of interceptions, same amount of pass deflections. Now Earl had more tackles because he's going to. He's gonna. I think in Baltimore he had a he had a little bit more free range to roam, and play the box a little bit and play the run a little bit. So he had more tackles, but the pass breakups and the interceptions were the same for the two players. But that being said, do I think uh, Earl Thomas was the player he was five years ago? No, but is he probably still top five six safety in football? Yeah. It depends on what kind of deal we can get him on and what's it going to do uh, to the locker room. Yeah, see, that's my thing, because I think we can get him on a cheap deal because after having a threesome with his brother and some girl and getting caught by his wife and then punching a teammate, his image and the locker room feel he would have, it would be at an all-time low. But he is from Texas. He's always wanted to play in Texas. So I think he would want to come here, and I think he would give it on a prove-it deal like a one-year, however, million, and we could flip a switch and make that happen. But then you have to bring him into your locker room, and you have to you have to know that the last two teams he kind of burnt. Remember when he left, he forced his way out of Seattle, and when he left, he flipped off the coach with the, you know, leaving on the cart. And then his last thing he did in Baltimore was punch a player in the face. So it's like the talent's there, but, you know, he's the A-B of defense. And would you want to bring A-B in right now? Don't ask me that. I wouldn't. <laughs> don't ask me that. Because he's a cancer, though. <laughs> he is. The talent's there, but you got to think the locker room. And I don't can throw off the whole – I think right now our locker room with the coaching staff is riding high. I think they have – and I if – in a perfect world, I could get a guarantee and I could – he could live up to that guarantee, and I would say, yeah, one year, five million, let's go. Let's go win a Super Bowl this year. But if he comes in here and starts doing some of that stupid shit, I have to say, like, you know, you're gone, man. I'm going to go to ha-ha Clinton Dix and – our team's going to suffer a little bit, but I can't have you in my team. I just – with the young – we have a young secondary. Um, you know, maybe maybe guys like Tyrone Crawford, D-Law, Sean Lee, um, Jalen Smith, maybe they could rein him in. Who, Thomas? Uh, yeah. And maybe they could rein, rein him. in a veteran, though, because he's going to say, I'm on the same level as y'all. If, if anything, I'm a Hall of Famer. You know, well, I'm a Super Bowl champion. It's it's not like bringing Well, they're going to tell you. Guy. Well, I'm going to tell them it's my locker room. We don't do that here. And he's going to have a short leash. I don't I, know. I, the fact that he's from Texas and always wanted to play for the Cowboys. Maybe that would be him on his best behavior. Yeah, maybe. I think I, that's what I'm saying. I think that would that's his only saving grace is he's always said he wanted to come here. So maybe if he does come here, he'll chill out a little bit. That's talent, all the talent you would want. And I think it would be so cheap because of all the crap he's done. I think we would get him on a great deal. So it, I would – I would lean towards doing it, but I would say, man, you're on a short leash. If you fuck up, you're gone. But they, you know, they have the blue right, blue white scrimmage. Um, it's not televised though, right? Yeah, it's, uh, Channel Twenty One. Oh, shit, I Channel Twenty One on the radio. No, Channel Twenty One. This is all. This is all Sunday. All right? Sunday, and then yeah, my wife's gonna be pissed. Nah, she'll be all right. Just give her a coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we do have some college football tomorrow some legit college football and if you'll give me a second so why did i see the schedule why did i see college football september 26th is that like the big boys that's like back? yeah that's like um that's like uh prime time, prime time. like kurt Herstreet street calling it yeah that's Chris the big Fowler. boys 
All the because all the uh, the American Conference is playing. Um, Man, just give me football. Are you kidding me? Is playing um, starting in the middle of September. Um, let me see. This is great radio. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't South Florida, but there is. There is, co- a decent team there, there is college football tomorrow. Um, oh, I should have warned you. This dark, dank rumor in right now is gets pretty shitty uh, covered or internet. Reception. Internet? No, it's not yeah. that. It's just I can't. I can't remember where I saw that there was football today or it's fo- going to be football tomorrow. Um, but uh, one thing we were talking about. Um, one thing we were talking about pre-show was I wanted you to pick one non-playoff team from last year that will make the t- playoffs this year. One from the NFC, one from the AFC. Well, my NFC teams, who we just talked about, was the Cowboys because they just farted away that season. I mean, it was, a, it was embarrassing to be the NFC East last year. It was even more embarrassing to be the team not to represent the NFC East in the playoffs last year and let the Eagles take it because really none of us deserved it, but I, I would like to say we would have deserved it, but <laughs> I, I'm glad that that's what it took to get Garrett finally out the door because I think if we would have made that one game and maybe won a game or two, he would have got an extension. So it sucks that it happened, but I'm glad that it happened because it brought in a new era for the Cowboys. I think McCarthy is going to be the guy. And, I mean, you've heard the stat where, like, you know, if Coach doesn't win it in the first five years, like he doesn't win it yep. or something like that. So I think McCarthy has a chance in his first five years because of the talent he inherited. I think, our, you know, everyone's talking about the offense or has been, but like we were talking about, like I think this defense is going to be – I think I don't think we're going to be like a top five, but I think our ceiling is borderline elite. If we hit our absolute ceiling and everyone's popping off, you know, because we got the D line, we got the young secondary. If we could bring in Thomas, we got that veteran. So I think our ceiling for the defense is is top five. But I even think our 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 uh, floor for the defense is at least average, at worst. And an average defense with an above average to elite offense, that's at least ten to eleven wins. And I mean, I've heard lots of stuff about the you know the Eagles rivaling us, but. If I look roster to roster, I don't see where the comparison is. I'll take Dak over Wentz. I'll take Zeke over Sanders, Miles Sanders. I'll take easily our receivers over theirs. They got us at tight end. They just had uh, Andre Dillard, their first-round pick from last year, go out with like a torn bicep to go with their other all-pro guard who's now out. So they're down, they're down two. Defense, Philly always has a good off uh, defensive line, and uh, historically their safeties would always piss me off with, like, Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. I hated Brian Dawkins growing up. But I think when you go roster to roster, we have the best roster in the NFC East, and honestly I think we have the best roster in the NFC, maybe the Saints. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, you're right. Okay, San Francisco. I'd say San Francisco, New Orleans, us. I think we're the third best on paper team in the NFC. And for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, I think we should make the playoffs. I think that was a lot of the coach, though. Exactly, the talent and, was and, there. And, 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 and but we losing, didn't just get rid of the head coach. We got rid of everybody except the OC. And everybody that's reporting on camp says it's a different energy. It's just different. Which is what these guys needed. Because a lot of these guys have never seen anything different other than the Garrett era, and and they needed something. The tempo's different. The just the energy's different, you know. And I think I think I think that's going to put us over the top. Uh, Over the top to a Super Bowl. 
Or to a playoff. Over the top to the Super Bowl. To the fucking um, Super Bowl. I haven't been to the Super we haven't been to the Super Bowl since I was eight years old. There's just so much hurt there for me that I don't wanna I don't <laughs> I don't wanna say uh Super Bowl. I think we'll I, NFC championship. We haven't been to NFC championships since I, I was nine years old. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah. Um so my team my team is out of the AFC and it's the Indianapolis Colts. Um they were seven and nine last year. Um, they got great play out of J- J- Jacoby Brissett, um, and then he got hurt there, uh, and then he tried to come back, and it just wasn't the same. They replaced him with Philip Rivers. They have Marlon Mack. They drafted Jonathan Taylor. They also have Naeem Hines. Um, you know, they've got uh, their. They got, they got a great line, which I love. Line. I love. Anytime my team takes an offensive lineman or defensive lineman, that's a solid pick for me. So. Great line, like you were saying. You know, their wide receivers are solid. They've got T.Y. Hilton. They drafted Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. Um, Desmond Patton out of Washington State. Um, They've got a good tight end. Uh, they got Trey Burton. Um, Their line, you know, they've got um, Anthony Costanzo. They've got Quentin Nelson, who's probably, if it's not – uh, Zach Martin. Zach Martin. It's probably Quentin Nelson who's Both the best Notre guard uh, in football. Um, the defense, you know, they've got uh, Justin Houston um, playing D end. DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. They got DeForest Buckner. Um, so uh, Darius Leonard. Um, yeah, they so had they, Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson were both all pros as rookies. Yeah. How wild is that? Yep. They've got Malik Hooker. Um, Man, I had such high hopes for Malik Hooker coming out of college. I don't know if you remember him, but I thought he was the next Ed Reed with his ball hawk. You got Xavier Rhodes. Um, he he is a little older, but they do have Xavier Rhodes. But I just that's people at every position, though. Yeah, and that's line linebackers, secondary. I think Marlon Mack is one of the most underappreciated running backs too, when healthy, because he can catch the ball, and he's shifty and he's quick, man. And they, what else you know, can you ask for? And they've got. Uh, Philip Rivers, who one year, let's see what he can do. Um, he's got more children than playoff wins. That's true. That I mean, it's not hard to do when you have ten. <laughs> um, but uh, let's just see what he can do. But that's my pick in the AFC. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to cheat and take the easy way out and say Tampa Bay in the NFC. Um, I don't know. It's just Tom Brady Tom and Gronk. Tom further than 30 yards. <coughs> that's true. I'm taking the easy way out because I don't want to do any research. Um, <laughs> My computer just died. So <laughs> I don't want to do any research, Tampa so Bay. I'm going Tampa Bay. <laughs> um, every All the reports out of out of camp, you know, shows that he's rejuvenated. And Well, they're probably going to tell you he walked on water tomorrow. And he might. No. He might. But, he, you know, he's got a good core wide receivers. He's got – He's, they 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 have a solid core. I'll give you that. Uh, I'll take our receivers over their receivers. Yeah, no, all day. But we're gonna have three one thousand yard receivers. You might be sarcastic, but I think we might. No, I'm not sarcastic because okay, we good. were uh, we think, we were a couple of Randall Cobb drops yeah. away from having three one thousand yard receivers last year. Michael Cobb with CD Lamb. So that's what I'm saying. I think I think our offense is legitimately going to average thirty something a game. That's why our defense only has to give up 20-something a game. <laughs> to make I think the, the defense is going to be better. I think the defense is going to be better. 
I made the mistake of drafting them early last year in our fantasy league. And, yes, you did. But all the reports out of training camp last year was this defense elite. They're well, Paul nobody, Hawk. nobody knew Jalen was going to regress and LVE was going to get hurt. LVE. You know. Please come back. Robert Quinn came in and played great, um, but nobody knew that nobody knew the linebacking situation was going to be such a yeah, cause that was our, shit show. Uh, that was our greatest asset on defense was that linebacker. I thought going forward we had the best linebacker core in the league and that quickly disintegrated. But LVE is a neck thing. You can't push a guy back from a neck injury in football, so I understand letting him sit, but I just hope he's healthy because when he's healthy, man, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he is. Seeing um, a guy going sideline to sideline that that big, that fast, it's just fun to watch. And they're going to move Jalen to the weak side, to a weak side linebacker this year, which should help him because he's, he's a really good blitzer. Yeah, um, he, that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. Just rush the quarterback. So that's what you know. That's going to give him some opportunities uh, to do that this year, and I think that's going to work. That's going to help the defense. Um, so that was some NFL talk, um, some general sports talk, uh, and that moves us into the what are we watching segment, um, where we kind of discuss what we've watched this week. Uh, any any cool movies or shows or documentaries or anything like that. Um, for me, I am watching, or I watched the, uh, limited Netflix series, high score. It was a six part series on kind of, uh, video game history here in America. The first episode was, was all about Atari and space invaders and how that came to be. And, and, uh, the second episode, I want to say, covered nintendo maybe and how um nintendo started out you know in japan and then they're pushing to the american market and then the third episode was was about how sega you know gave them some uh, gave them some competition and how sonic was born and how he was created and uh it had a pretty good pretty lengthy segment on on madden and his uh impact on sports uh sports games um and then it had some stuff about uh, like the Nintendo World Championships, um, the Sega World Championships, and got into role-playing games. Uh, it had interviews with the creators of Doom, which was really cool. Um, the first first-person shooter. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if they said it was the first one, but it was like the first one that was like kind of gory. And it was the same episode they talked about Mortal Kombat and how Mortal Kombat was like kind of the first one to use like like actual like graphic like images instead of like a 3d image like they took like actual like video representations of people and you know all about the fatalities that and how was they the goriest game i've seen up until that point and you could finish them and like rip his skull out of and then you could like, like knock him off out. the platform and they'd fall down and like the bed of spikes at the bottom you know so they in in the court battles that that came along with it it was just a really if you're a video game nerd like i am it was a really cool six-part series on just how, you know, a, kind of a history of, of video games and kind of how some of your your favorite video games came to be. They covered Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man and, and how um, some kids from MIT um, kind of did the first modding of games, like games were getting too easy, so... They took it apart and they they added you know different levels and and they kind of modded the 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 uh, arcade cabinet so it was a really cool documentary like I'm I'm a huge video game nerd so it was a really cool uh, look into that and it's a limited I don't know when it's going off but if that's something that you're into definitely check it out on Netflix yeah, yeah I remember checking it out uh, I watched a documentary last week called the Red Penguins 
and it was about the um, the ex-Soviet team, the Red Army. Yeah, that was like the greatest hockey team to ever, you know, play. And it was after the fall of the Soviet Union, so it would have been like you know early '90s. And after the fall of the Soviet Union, because they got all their money from the Communist Party, that's where they got all their funding. And after that, you know, like after the fall, like the whole country was just it was a wasteland. It was like there was nobody to to control everything. So the criminals and the gangsters kind of took over, and the poor became poor, the richer became richer, and it was just a lawless land. And no one could support their hockey team now because they had no money to get it from. So the um, Pittsburgh Penguins, the owners there, actually paid for a 50% stake in the Red Army, or the uh, the Soviet team, the Red Army, and uh, they renamed them the Red Penguins. And one of the partners in that group was actually Michael J. Fox. So they had old interviews of him of uh, when he was talking about you know buying this team, and uh, they kind of rebranded them. They sent this young this young guy from New York to got to go over to Russia and like acclimate the team and make it more American because when he got there they're like you know they were they were selling tickets for the equivalent of like it was like the equivalent of like 6 cents you could get a ticket to this game and they were like no you need to charge good money for that because you'll get people in the stands they taught them they basically like taught them capitalism they were like you know we can put banners we can put advertisement around the ring and all around here on the jerseys and they had these interviews with like legit you know like Soviet, yeah, Soviet, like the coach, the managers, the ex-players, and they were like, they just wanted to play, and they tried to really Americanize it and make money off. They told him it's a business, you know, you got to run it like a business, and um, they're like the president of Disney came out and saw what was going on here, and he was very intrigued by the idea of a hockey team, and that's where the idea for Mighty Ducks actually came from. Was really, he saw this and was like, we could market this. They gave him a, they were going to give him a hundred million dollar contract to be like the you know to get their foot in the door with like the soviets and all the soviets wanted to do was just get drunk start shit they said like it was like old kgb tactics like cold war stuff they were like none of none of the russians trusted the americans even though the americans really just wanted to like extend an olive branch of like they were like you know y'all like hockey we like hockey let's make money together they were like the russians never trusted them they sabotaged everything eventually like the oligarchs and the gangsters the old Ru- the russian gangsters came in and like started strong arming like people who were on the team or associated with the team and just ran them out of town they're like disney just pulled the plug on everything they still made the movies obviously but you know they they dropped their partnership with them and everything just fell apart really quick but you know while while they were trying to build up like enthusiasm for the team this this american guy from new york was doing these wild things like like stuff you would see like jackie moon do from semi-pro he would uh uh, he would bring in like a, a strippers during the intermissions. He would bring in strippers during the intermissions because you know they knew they would and they would give out free beer to all the fans. So the guys would just be drinking beer, watching strippers. They'd bring out bears to come out and fight people on the <laughs> ice. Like it was just ridiculous <laughs> stuff. But that's they went from oh zero attendance to the hottest show in Moscow, and it was done like that because the gangsters got involved and they started exploiting everybody and strong arming and pressuring and. It was just, it was wild. The, the review I saw that made me finally watch it was like, the review was like, this is like a Coen Brothers movie, but it's real life. Like, all this shit happened. They had all real footage. They had interviews from everyone who was there. And you're watching this, and you're like, this can't be real. But I know it's real because I'm seeing it with my own eyes, and it was just wild, man. Just to see how how it just happened so fast, and in a blink of eye, it was over. It was just a wild ride. What, what's it on? 
I had to order it actually. I saw it promoted on Reddit, and usually when I see promotions on Reddit, I just downvote them. <laughs> but I saw this; it was a quick trailer, and I watched it. And I mean, you, you know, when I'm I'm a snob too, so when I see this stuff, I look up. Oh, what did it get reviewed wise? Like Rotten Tomato, it got like 97 percent, and they were like, "This is a movie that could win some Oscars, like well, a Oscar for best documentary." So I rented it. Uh, it was last Saturday because it was after the Stars game. After the Stars won, and I was on a high note of hockey, and I was like, yeah. let's keep this rolling. I, I watched that movie, and then I watched uh, D T or Mighty Duck shortly after that because when I saw that connection, I was like, you know, the Stars aligned, literally. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> yeah, pun intended. So I was, I was kind of just like on a hockey streak this past week with – Stars riding high up until Game Three, and I ordered the whole trilogy of Mighty Ducks. You should still be riding high. I'm still riding high. I'm gonna watch D two and D three tomorrow night, most likely, and then I'm gonna watch Game Four t- Sunday. Uh, I'm not mad at you. Um, so what are you listening to? Dead Lab, man. Dead Lab. Dead Lab on cycle. <laughs> no, I listen. I listen to Swindled again today, which I think, you know, in my opinion, is the best podcast to listen to if you're into stuff like that. Like. If you're in, look, kind in, of describe, you know, for anybody who doesn't know what swindled is, just, just if you want to learn about all the pieces of shit in the world that take advantage of good people and exploit just for their own financial and personal gains, and listen to stuff like that, really, ir- like I listen to it and it pisses me off and it irritates me to know that there's people like that, but it's really interesting. So I'll always listen to a new one, and I like the fact that he'll give you, like, a pre Is it a prelude? Yeah, he gives you kind of, like, a pre... Yeah, pre- it'll be like, you know, here's a story similar, and then it'll be, like, ended on today's episode. And the fact that it's a guy from Austin, and he does all his own research, you know, it's no outside help. It's just him and a guy who does his music for him. And I looked on today on their website, and they have sweet merchandise. Yeah, I don't they do. They got, they got dad hats, which I'm going to get. Yeah. They had some really cool artwork that's, like, black and white and... You know, if if you're into swindled, you would know it's just like pretty much anti-capitalism, like anti and big it, brother, anti big government, and it's, all that it's stuff. stories of you know, like the title suggested, people getting swindled, yeah. a lot of white collar crimes. It's, yeah, white collar. That's what it. A really lot of is. white collar crimes. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if you know any of the listeners have ever heard of the the monopoly, the McDonald's monopoly scandal. Yep. Like he covered that. Um, he covered. Um, what was our guy named Scarelli? Scarelli, you know, yeah. Farmer bro, jacking up prices like something like that. If you have an item and you can exploit people for your own financial gain, you're going to get on swindled, and hopefully you're going to go to jail. Yeah. So um, my but that uh, that and just more Willie Nelson. A lot of Willie Nelson this week. Shotgun Willie is probably my favorite album. There you go. By him. So there you go. Check out Shotgun Willie from <laughs> beginning to end. It's a very. It's a very. He tried to mask his pain, but he's going through some heartbreak in that album. There's some good times. Whiskey Rivers on that, and Shotgun Willie. But then there's like sad songs and waltzes is a great song, and you could tell he's going through some shit. Just grab some whiskey and give it a list. Throw it on the record player. Absolutely. Um, my uh, my podcast suggestion for this week is a. Uh, is a podcast called Reply All, and it's a uh, it's a it's a Gimlet podcast, um, and they just kind of cover random uh, random stories from the internet. Um, uh, they had an episode where it actually turned into like a uh, it turned into a uh, like a four part episode. This guy was getting he was getting prank called, not prank called. He was getting scam called from India. And they were saying, hey, you know, we're from Apple. Your Apple ID has been, you know, uh, compromised. Um, you know, pay us X amount of dollars and we'll fix it. Well, 
one of the guys on the podcast just got curious and so he started calling them every day and harassing them he's like hey you don't remember me i you called and said uh you called and said my computer was infected uh i just want to know what what the what the scam is you know I, i'm i'm always game for for a uh for a good scam kept harassing him kept harassing him finally he got started talking to people who had left the company and eventually it led to them going over to india meeting up with the head of the company almost getting themselves into kind of like a like a sticky situation the the guy brought muscle and they they led him down a dark alley to a restaurant and uh but it's uh, and they and they they tell just all kinds of crazy stories from the internet and just crazy stories uh uh kind of from reddit you know and they'll and they'll do uh uh they'll do they'll do stories on that um but it's uh it's called reply all you can find it anywhere you get your podcast um and as far as music goes i've been kicking it old school here lately i've been listening to a lot of block party silent silent alarm is their first album it's probably or you know their first full-length album and it's probably one of my top three albums that's probably another you know topic for we can do yeah, on another show like top five high school jams um but uh block party uh silent alarm i've been jamming that a lot this week uh but yeah so i think that about does it you got anything else I'm ready for football to start two weeks brother two weeks tomorrow. and i did tomorrow no college. i did look that up it's a, a week from yesterday so thursday ah. so the third uh, i believe it's uh september 3rd so it's a week from yesterday i got i got my dates wrong um that's cool. It'd be a Thursday night game. I Thursday night game. Yeah, it's like FIU and UAB or something like it that. Matter. So it's it's the American Conference because they're playing. <laughs> if it's on TV, I'll watch it. Yeah. After Big Brother. After, of Thursday's course. Thursday's eviction. Nights. Of course. <laughs> um, but uh, if you would, uh, you can leave us comments or if you got any questions or any topics for any future shows, uh, you can write us uh uh, write us an email at thedadlabpod at gmail.com. And be sure to go on uh, and leave us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or, you know, on iTunes. That'll help us out. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Uh, for Matt um, and Andrew, uh, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.